This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking Knicks cash. Let's get back to the phone lines. Uh, we go to the car to talk to Lewis. So where are you calling from, Lewis? Where are you in the car? I'm on the I'm on the belt heading to the Bronx. I'm going through Brooklyn and Queens and all that stuff like that. Well, not even to Queens, to Brooklyn and Manhattan. But, um, I, I feel you, man. Safe travels out there in, in these streets. About a year ago, I called in and talked to you about the R.J. Barrett, Donovan Mitchell thing, and I was saying they should have gave up all their assets to get Donovan Mitchell. You were right. Made me call just now because he's like, "Oh, what about LeBron? Are you trying to? Is he trying to compare? He said something about aging veterans. Is he trying to say that Donovan Mitchell's an aging veteran? No, he's no, no. What he's saying is, once you acquire the stars and you deplete your your roster of role players, it's going to be hard to find guys like you know, buyout contracts and uh, you know the 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 guys that you can supplement to to help win a championship. I just want to say this to that caller. If you got oh. Julius Rand and Jalen Brunson on the same team, you deal with whatever comes after that. Exactly. Because those three guys together would have looked awesome in the Knicks. I'm a Bulls fan, but that would have looked awesome, man. I, don't, I mean, they really they really played it so trying to hold on to these young guys. I would let Mitchell Robinson go, R.J. Barrett, and I don't think they wanted, I don't think they wanted uh, Grimes all quickly. I don't think that was a part of the trade. But if they wanted them, I would let them go too. And I would just did whatever I had to do to get those three guys together. Like, I don't understand why, why these Knicks fans don't understand that. Well, because sometimes what happens is, and you, you see this a lot with, with young teams and teams of uh, fan bases that have struggled. You, you get so, you become so in love with, like, young players who you've right. seen them draft and you overvalue them. And, and look, this is no disrespect to Quickly, who are, I, I think is the sixth man of the year. Quentin Grimes has been awesome. Those right. guys are replaceable if you bring in stars. That's, that's just my point. And I think we lost Lewis. But I, he... he the players that they drafted, but Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and Donovan Mitchell are not old players. So these guys would have been young playing together for a little while here. That would have looked nice, man. That would have really nice. looked nice. Appreciate the call. And it's on the GM and the head coach to figure out how to, to piece it together. You get you get a, a trio of, of Brunson, Donovan, and Randle here. Figure the rest out. Maybe they become more attractive to, to other free agents who say, you know what, I take less money to go play there. So you figure it out. Artie in Brooklyn, what's up? Hey, Ty, how's it going, bud? Going well, man. Talk to me. Uh, all right. So, I, I mean, it's not as easy as that. I mean, I wanted Donovan Mitchell, too. But when you heard that Ainge was trying to, like, get as much as he can, you can't blame him. And for him to ask for more from the Knicks than he did from the Cavs, and not to mention, I don't know. They, we didn't have heart at the time. So and and Donovan Mitchell is not a defensive player. He's right? not. No. So you don't know you don't know if this team with Donovan Mitchell, Randall, and and Brunson, I don't know as a, as a basketball guy, I don't know if that's a good three, because I think Randall needs the ball all the time, and so does Donovan Mitchell. So do, do you think that they're a better team right now? If I said no Grimes. No, um, no Grimes, no Barrett, no Quickly. Those three, you take away from, and then get Mitchell. You think those guys? But see, here's it's a terror. It's a, it's a. I understand what you're trying to do. It's a bad question though because we don't know 
what else, who else would have been part of the Donovan Mitchell trade? So you're just removing guys and inserting Mitchell, and you don't know who else the Knicks could have gotten to replace those guys, who, who else they could have either traded for or signed outright. So that's not, that's not the, the way to phrase the question. What we're saying is if we start with a foundation of Mitchell Brunson and Randall, we go from there. Do we feel better about our future based on a year's worth of evidence that Donovan Mitchell, oh, by the way, put up a career high in points, three-point percentage, two-point percentage, and free-throw percentage. Meanwhile, R.J. Barrett regressed. I, I understand the point about Grimes and, and, and quickly. I get it. But Donovan had arguably his best season. R.J. Barrett regressed. If we start there with that three and build the team, how much better do we feel about the future? That's the question. I, I, I understand. But you, then again, you still have to keep in mind that Tibbs is a defensive coach and that you don't really know how Randall and Donovan Mitchell will work, would work together. So, I, I don't know how, how – now you're saying, well, you make it work. I know Donovan Mitchell is the, the key guy, but I don't necessarily agree that that would be a better team than what they have right oh, now. it absolutely you know would be. You know what? Listen, Artie, uh, go ahead. Finish your point. Yes. Finish your point. I, I'm, I'm just saying that they're playing right now, and I'm not going to call up and say, oh, you were wrong, but I, you got to be interested to see what would happen right now in the series. Yeah, of course. I'm not too sure that, yeah, I'm not too sure that the Cavs, I mean, from what the last time they played, it's got to be encouraging that the Knicks are they can. All right, man. They can. They, they can. And the reason why I got the Cavs winning in five, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, and we'll go through it again, I think they're a better team. And also the, the health of Julius Randle. If he's compromised or can't play, that's significant. That That is very significant. On, uh, you just mentioned uh, Tom Thibodeau and his, like your lack of confidence in him being able to to do something with these pieces that might not on paper necessarily fit. Quietly, the Knicks this year, because we look at Tibbs as a defensive guy, and rightfully so, quietly, they were led by their offense. They they had they were tied for the third-best offense in basketball this year. Taking more threes, making more threes. Meanwhile, defensively, they were 19th. So, yes, the calling card for a, a Tom Thibodeau-led team is always going to be defense, but they were a really, really good elite offensive team next uh, this season. And if they do win this series, I think that will be the reason why. Hour number two coming up. Ty Butler going until 530. We'll continue to talk next. I'll talk the rest of the NBA playoffs. The Yankees victorious today. The Mets about to get in action. The Nets lost. So we'll cover it all right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. And we are all excited for it. The, the NBA playoffs underway started with the Nets and the Sixers in Philadelphia. Unfortunately for Brooklyn, Mikel Bridges did all he could, but it wasn't enough as they fall 121 to 101. So Sixers take a one nothing lead in that series and bead. Fantastic in his playoff debut of, of this year, 26. Uh, five and three, and lived at the free throw line, 11 of 11. The Nets, like every other team, are going to have to figure out a way to keep him off the line. It's tough because what they did in the first half, they sent double teams at him, uh, and the Sixers made him pay because they hit all their, they, they hit a bunch of threes, 21 of 43 from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, the Nets 
I only cashed in on 13. That was really the difference in this game. James Harden, I thought, played a, a really good one. We know he's got his playoff struggles. Uh, this is a series for Brooklyn that I, I guess if you're the fans, you, you feel good about just getting one or, or maybe even two wins if, if you can get there. I think they'll get one in Brooklyn. But I got the Sixers winning this in five games. Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his career. Back-to-back scoring champions, uh, scoring titles. He is going to be the MVP, it sounds like, from all that we're hearing and reading. And it's a lot of pressure on them. It's a, it's a lot of pressure on him as the MVP to finally have that deep playoff run. James Harden continuing to fall short in the playoffs. I just have a hard time believing in that trio. Because Embiid, it's not like Embiid has tough uh, tough playoff moments it's that the combination of him who hasn't been past the second round James Harden who is notorious for choking and Doc Rivers who has a coach I mean is there any like the dichotomy between him in the regular season and him in the postseason like it's it's amazing the 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 owner of blowing 3-1 leads the owner of losing series that he was supposed to win so until i see that trio attain any level of postseason success it's going to be hard for me to believe they they'll win a championship but they should take care of big business against the nets it's a tough draw you give them credit because once the trade uh for harden i'm sorry once you traded away kyrie and kd you were expecting them to fall apart and, and you know sink into the play in matchup 7 to 10 but they played well enough. Mikel Bridges, it, like you were going to start to wonder, like, who is he? Is he closer to the guy that, for his career, was averaging 13 points per game, known as just a 3 and D guy behind Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton? Or is he the guy who came to the Nets and since the trade deadline has been lighting it up, giving you 26 a game, added 30 points today, and we were killing the Nets? How do you not at least get an all-star? You you deal Kyrie and KD— how do you not at least, at, at the very least, get an all-star back? Maybe they did in Mikel Bridges because he's just been sensational. But unfortunately, it's not going to be enough to win this series, and they're going to bow out pretty easily. Uh, elsewhere, you've got uh, Celtics right now up 10-29-19 over the Hawks, who got in virtue of the play-in game, beating Miami in a surprising fashion. I don't think many of us expected the, the Hawks to you know to handle Miami Miami as easily as they did, uh, but now they are in that two seven matchup against the Celtics team that uh, another team coming in with some pressure because of the rumors. Jalen Brown is he going to want out? And he's under contract for another season, but could this be the last time we see Brown and Tatum together? Celtics underrated, second longest title drought of their franchise history. Haven't won a championship in 15 years. We're two wins away last year until Steph Curry happened. But, of course, the story today for us here locally is Knicks-Cavs, which we will get back to in a moment. Just want to give you a quick update on the baseball. So the Yankees, after dropping uh, the first two of the series to Minnesota, Yankees hadn't lost a series all year. They handled San Francisco. They handed Philadelphia. They beat the Orioles, and they beat the Guardians. Took all their first four series. Were in danger of losing their first series of the season, but took care of business today. 6-1 to one was the final score in the Bronx. Got home runs from Higashioka and Rizzo. Stanton hit a, a booming double that scored two runs. Domingo Herman was, was exceptional today. Six and a third innings pitch, 11 strikeouts. We saw that the umpires checked him in the third inning 
uh, for I, I guess there was some intimation that he could uh, be using a, a, a banned substance, but uh, he was able to return, which means they didn't find anything. I guess if you are, if you're the twins, and you you look at how the, the Harman looked in his last two starts, and you're wondering how is he no hitting us through four innings, then there must be something up. But he was really good today. Gave the Yankees what they needed. Michael King came in for the last two and two thirds innings pitch. And shut it down. The Twins were were getting dominated by the Yankees since 2002. The Yankees were 114 and 40 against them in the regular season. Since 2015, 21 and two at home against the Twins. And then they put a nine spot in the first inning on Thursday night. And then yesterday, Clay Holmes spoiled what was supposed to be a special moment early in the Bronx. You had. Anthony Volpe hit his first home run, and not just that, but Judge go back, go went back to back. And how cool was it? Uh, because you harken back to what was it, the 2016 season when Judge hit his first home run, went back to back with Tyler Austin. So for Judge to now be a part of the back to back for Vol- Volpe's first home run, pretty cool moment. Stanton hit a, a a laser as well. Nestor Cortez Jr. pitched well once again. But it was spoiled when Carlos Correa, a guy who just continues to haunt the Yankees, last three games at Yankee Stadium prior to today, had had hit home runs. And then yesterday had a home run and a two-run double, the game-winning two-run double in that inning. But, you know, you lose the first two games, and it's like it's hard to be upset because it really came down to just two innings, that first inning in game one I mentioned when Johnny Brito gave up the nine runs, and then the eighth inning last night where Clay Holmes just couldn't find the strike zone, and then Correa beat him. Uh, but two innings really bedeviled them in the first two games, and now they've got a chance to split the series uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, in the Bronx. So if you want to talk Yankees, 800-919-3776. I uh, want to squeeze in the Mets who are about to get in action because last night they won a laugher in, in Oakland. It, if you could remove every run not off the bat of Frankie Lindor, the Mets still win that game. So 17-6 to was the final score, but Lindor accounted for seven of the runs, including a grand slam, came up with the bases loaded twice and cashed in both times. The A's stink. So the Mets simply have to take advantage of them. This is a, a, a 10-game West Coast trip that will see them play three uh, uh, in Oakland. And you've got three against the Dodgers, who right now are a pretty mediocre team. A little bit of a slow start to the season. And in San Francisco, they play for four. They're five and eight, so three games under five hundred. You'd feel great about a six and four trip, which means you just go five and four the rest of the way. Five and five, I guess, is something you'll take because West Coast trips are tough. But when you're playing teams like the A's, who have three wins on the year, and the Giants, who haven't been good, you would love to come home with a 6-4 and four trip. The concern for the Mets, same as it was coming into the season. You feel great about the offensive production you saw last night, but how much are you going to get that consistently? Of their 13 home runs this year, nine have come off the bat of Alonzo and Lindor. You're going to need more production from a power standpoint uh, from other guys in that lineup. Does that mean they're going to go out and acquire somebody? We'll see, uh, but it, it's going to be something that, if if it's not addressed, is going to um, cause them some issues, particularly in the postseason, because then you're going to start to see Lindor and and Pete Alonso get pitched around. Uh, but the good news this week for the Mets, you saw Scherzer pitch well after his uh, rocky outings to start the season, going back to last year, had four straight spotty starts, uh, but he pitched well. So today you get uh, Cookie Carrasco on their mound. He's he's got something to prove. Eleven earned runs in his two starts this year. 
So you want to see him figure that out. The Mets are going to be relying on him. Uh, so that's your Mets update. They're in action right now, as I mentioned. Yankees win, Mets win last night, and we'll play right now. Uh, but we're talking NBA playoffs. Knicks, it's been a long time coming. It feels like it's longer than two years ago, the last time they were in the playoffs. But the, over the last two decades, they've won just one playoff series. And you remember, it's that 2012 matchup against the Celtics, uh, an aging Celtics team. The, the Knicks, 54 wins ready to play the big three in Miami, but they got knocked out by the Pacers. So hopefully, if you're a Knicks fan, you're looking forward to this being a little bit of a deeper run than you got two years ago, than you got in 2012. But it starts today, and I'm excited to talk about it with you. 800-919-3776, Knicks-Cavs, what is your prediction? And also, if they lose this this series, does that sour the season? Is that Does that make it a, a, a disappointing end to the season. It's disappointing, obviously, but does that alter the way you look at the totality of this season? Hit us up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well, and we'll be back in a moment to take your calls. 800-919-3776. Justin Termini is going to talk to us from Sirius X and NBA Radio in about 12 minutes, but we want to hear from you. So hit us up right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. I had to go to one of my friends, Sirius XM NBA Radio, Justin Termini, Afternoon Drive. He hosts a radio show with Eddie Johnson every day, uh, which is a task in itself. Justin, what's up, man? It's been a while. I wish the show was by myself and you didn't have to uh, host it with Eddie. And it was just a solo program, but it is what it is. So I got to ask you this real quick. You have to be rooting against the Suns because there is no part of you who wants to, 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 to host with Eddie Johnson after his team wins a championship. Absolutely no chance. And here's the issue that I have is this guy claims that he'll have a ring after the Suns win the championship <laughs> because typically like the broadcaster will get a ring for an individual team. He's their color analyst. So he's going to walk around like he's like Kevin Durant or he's Chris Paul or <laughs> Devin Booker with the ring. And that's not going to stand. So, no, I'm not rooting for the Suns. Well, here's what we might get because I'm watching the the team that you root for right now, the, the Boston Celtics. And we'll get to Knicks Cavs in a moment. Uh, but the Celtics right now with a 27-point lead against I mean, let's be fair. Atlanta probably shouldn't be here. Did we sleep a little bit on the Celtics? Do you think that this is a team that could legitimately come out the Eastern Conference? Not just come out the East, but win the whole thing? Well, they have a legitimate shot. I think they're probably the second-best team in the NBA. The issue is I think Milwaukee is probably the best team in the NBA. And I think the difference, and you're seeing it in the first half of this game, is they didn't have this version of two guys last year. They didn't have this version of Derek White, who I voted for All-NBA defense. He's been their third-best player. They didn't have this version of him last year. He played timid last year during the postseason run. Now he's playing with confidence. He's been fantastic. And then even more importantly, they didn't have a healthy Robert Williams. And Robert Williams is not Bam Adebayo, who the the Hawks faced in the play-in game. This guy is one of the best rim deterrents in in the NBA, and you're seeing that right here. If they've got a healthy Robert Williams and a confident uh, uh, Derek White here, they they can certainly win the championship. Are you fearful? Because Nick fans are going to be monitoring uh, what happens with Jalen Brown. We're seeing reports start to... Uh, start to surface that you know he could want out of Boston. Are you fearful that that's going to happen, or do you think that they'll they'll take care of him and we'll see these this duo of Tatum and Brown going forward for uh, for a long time? 
I mean, they're going to pay him the money, and now it looks like he is going to get a max con. He'll, he'll get an all-NBA team from a lot of the votes that have, have leaked out, and deservedly so, because he played on the second-best team in the NBA. He didn't miss many games. He put up big numbers, so I had him on my all-NBA ballot as well. That'll make it a little bit easier for him to bring it back. I would say, I guess, the concerning part is that you would get this type of rhetoric from a guy that's playing for one of the best teams in the NBA, is compensating him, uh, is playing in a city like Boston where, uh, you know, I think a lot of players that have been in different organizations probably don't maybe appreciate it if all they've known is like Boston. But when you play in Boston, you play in Philadelphia, you play in New York. I mean, like those fan bases care in the else, whereas well, Golden State, uh, you know, so I think that's something that maybe you're concerned he doesn't appreciate. Uh, but if he leaves, it would be stupid because he's got an opportunity, as they were saying on the broadcast here today, uh, to, to win multiple championships if he stays here with Tatum. Talking to Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA radio he hosts the show Afternoon Drive with Eddie Johnson. Justin, Knicks, Cavs, how do you see this series playing out? It's a, it's a fun one. I, I think it it could go down as one of the most entertaining of the first round, but I'm just skeptical because of Julius Randle's health. What do you think about this series, and who do you have winning it? A hundred percent. I mean, I could see the Knicks winning the series if I knew that we were getting a hundred percent Julius Randle. I would say it might be the most even series that, that we have. I actually have the series going seven. And one of the reasons is you can't tell me that your second best player, because I view Brunson as the best, uh, is Dan. I know I think you feel differently based off some of the stuff I've seen you tweet. Uh, but I, I feel like if you're missing one of your top two players or if he's not a hundred percent, that's got to be a major concern. Uh, so I would say the X factor is one, his health and two is our, RG- Jay Barrett, who I know is a Knicks fan, you got to be frustrated with just because you don't know which R.J. Barrett you're going to get. I mean, the inconsistency drives you nuts. If you get a, an R.J. Barrett that shoot it, you're usually going to get 20-something points. The question is, is it efficient? Is it not efficient? If it's efficient, then I think you've got a, a decent shot of winning the series. So an efficient R.J. Barrett and a healthy and not rusty Julius Randle to me are probably your two keys. Should the Knicks or should Nick fans hang their head if they are sent home in the first round, courtesy of Donovan Mitchell, a guy they should have traded for? Uh, I don't think they should have traded for him, and I was on the wow. record saying that at the time. Uh, and also, I don't even necessarily think that it would have worked out with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell in the same backcourt. So I think now you're even more justified in saying that, and now they can go out and use these pieces on, on somebody else to bring in. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell, I was not high on. Donovan Mitchell proved me wrong. He was awesome this past year. I have no issue with those that put him uh, in the top five in MVP voting, even though I did not. I went with Sabonis as my fifth guy. Uh, but uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I would not be down if you're a Knicks fan and you didn't get him because I don't think it would have fit with uh, Jalen Brunson, and I think he got a stud in Jalen Brunson. So you went in Bede, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Sabonis. That's your top five MVP ballot? Yes, that's my top five. It was Jokic up until the last couple of weeks. Then I switched over to Embiid because the tail off there from Jokic, really since I would say the All-Star break where they went 12 and 11 and his plate dipped a little bit. Uh, you know, And listen, this was not an easy one to vote for. It was a frustrating one to vote for because all the guys missed a ton of games. And I absolutely hated the fact that Embiid sat out that game against I Jokic. The nuggets. Uh, so I didn't feel comfortable giving it to anybody. But uh, yes, that's the order I went. I think I saw this on Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong. You had uh, Malcolm Brogdon over Emmanuel Quickly for your sixth man of the year. A little Celtics bias or, or, or what's going on there, Justin? No, and here's what else I'll say. is I had to, like, the Knicks fan is really ticked off at me. 
I had two Knicks on my all-NBA teams, and I don't know how many other voters are going to have that, okay? So I had both Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson on third-team all-NBA. So I threw flowers in their direction. I also had Brunson on my Clutch Player Award uh, ballot, which he didn't become a finalist, but I had him third behind De'Aaron Fox and DeMar DeRozan. So I gave plenty of flowers to the Knicks. With Emmanuel Quickly, I actually didn't have him just behind Malcolm Brogdon. I had him also behind Bobby Portis. Ooh. So I went up Brogdon one, Portis two, uh, and Emmanuel quickly three. Uh, but it's also one of those awards where I wouldn't have argued if somebody went quickly, uh, Portis, Malcolm Brogdon. I thought you could have taken all three of those guys, put them in any order. To me, the most difficult thing to vote on this year uh, was defensive player of the year and, and six men. I, I, I'm actually shocked you went two All-NBA players for a 47-win Knicks team. That was the five-seed. Uh, so who were your, who were your guards? Uh, who were your six guards? So the reason I did that, I'll tell you, is I'm a big stickler here with the games, and I'm beyond fed up with guys like thinking they can play 55 games or 56 <laughs> games and, and make an All-NBA team. So I took a stance in that regard, uh, and that's why Brunson was my last addition because I didn't put Steph Curry on my ballot. Oh, uh, you left I Steph didn't put off. Steph Booker on my ballot. Wow. I'm nowhere on my ballot. Durant's not on my ballot. Uh, LeBron James is not on my ballot. Uh, typically, I'll use 58 as my uh, is my number. Uh, the Bill Walton rule is. You know, 1978 when he won the MVP, yep. played 58 games. Uh, so I'll use that as my number. Uh, I didn't have Damian Lillard on my ballot, even though he played the 58 games. He took the rest of the season off. Yeah, you're going to sit down with two weeks left in the season and your team stinks. Like, so I couldn't do it. I mean, at least with Luca, Luca played up until like the last two games of the season. Uh, plus, he's a much better player than than a guy like Damian Lillard, even though Lillard was fantastic. But uh, I'll, I'll look at it this way. I can put you on if you've missed a ton of games i can put you on if you if your team stinks i can't put you on if it's both and with lillard you missed a ton of games and your team stunk <laughs> put him on my ballot talking to justin termini from sirius xm nba radio a couple ones for you so sixers destroyed the nets in that second half they won by 20 after a competitive first half uh, Mikel bridges is a fascinating uh player to me because you look at his career 13 points per game with the Nets, though. We've got a large enough sample size. He's at 26 points per game. We killed Brooklyn. How do you trade Kyrie and KD and not get an all-star back? Maybe they did get an all-star back in Mikel Bridges or or a guy who could become an all-star. I I agree with you. I mean, this kid's a stud. He plays every single day, so he's consistent. Uh, You know, unlike the two guys that that left, right? And I I know Durant, it's not of his fault. Uh, He's getting older, and he's just had some freak injuries. With Kyrie, it is his fault. Most of the time, he's sitting out, or he's not fighting through uh, little little nicks or or what else he's dealing with, uh, or he's getting suspended for something, or he's decided to take a little vacation in season, or he's, like, sitting out for load management because he wants to be one of the cool kids. Uh, Bridges plays every day. He's consistent. He's a great leader. He actually plays defense as well. So uh, I think he's a better player than Kyrie Irving. I mean, if you told me right now I could have Kyrie Irving or I had Mikael Bridges, I would choose Mikael Bridges. I'd rather have, obviously, Durant than him. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're in good shape to build around a high-character guy in, in Mikael Bridges. I like that, actually, and I, I agree with that. If you told me I'm building a championship team, Nick, who would you rather have, Mikael Bridges or, or Kyrie Irving? I think I would take Mikael. All right, before I get you out of here, Justin, so give me – who do you have in the – in the finals who do you have winning it go through it for me 
Uh, I have Milwaukee and uh, and Phoenix in the final, so a repeat of 2021. I think the two best teams are Milwaukee and Boston, but they both play in the same conference, which is amazing. And you could make the argument that three best teams play in the same conference, with perhaps Philadelphia as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, so the Eastern Conference is just more difficult. But I, I've got Milwaukee. Their depth, uh, their defense, they got the best player in the sport. Uh, and I'm always a guy that just feels like, you need some time, like some continuity. Like, for example, I've been hosting with Eddie for eight years. Our shows right now are more fluid than they were the first week that we worked together because we didn't have enough reps under our belt. And I just am a big continuity guy. And I feel like the Suns haven't had enough time together. Uh, and that's going to hurt with, like, what happens at the end of a tight game uh, in setting up a play, what happens, uh, you know, defensively where communication is very important. That's not stuff they have. It's something that Milwaukee has from the years together. Uh, I actually got one more for you. So what does it do for Durant's legacy if, because you have the Suns in the finals, if they do get through the West, uh, they get through this series against the Clippers, I guess we'll, we'll figure they beat the Nuggets in the second round or whoever you have coming out of the other side of the bracket, maybe Golden State. They get through the West and then the finals beat the Bucks. How, how does that help Durant's legacy or does it go unchanged for you? But no, it, it helps him immensely. It gives him a championship, so he can, you know, not be ringless anymore. So, oh, wow. so uh, he's yeah. ringless right now. He doesn't have any titles. No, in my estimation, because if you took, and I don't want to relitigate this entire thing, I think it's a horrific conversation. But if you took, like, I view him as a top fifteen to twenty player of all time. I have immense respect uh, for his greatness. But with that said. If you took anybody else in the top 15 to 20 players in the history of the sport and you put them on, on that team, they'd also win the championship. That's fair. Act, let's, put it this, let's put it this way. Like Jalen Brown, okay? Like Jalen Brown's not even the best player in the Celtics, and I'm just thinking about this because I'm watching the Celtics game right now. He's definitely not an all-time great and never will be. Some years he'll be all NBA. Some years he'll be an all-star. Other years he won't. If you stuck Jalen Brown on those teams with, with Steph and Clay and Draymond, they wouldn't have won as easily, obviously, but they still would have won the championship. Uh, so uh, that, that's why I just don't respect those championships for Durant. Even though I like him as a guy, uh, you know, it, it's just it's – just, that's how I view it. And last one for you. Are the Warriors, are they dead? They can't win on the road. Uh, they're defensively, they've been pretty mediocre. Steph's been awesome. Uh, I, I understand not wanting to put him on your All-NBA team because the game's played, but he's the reason why they're in the playoffs. Do you think they still have a shot, or is there too much uh, Too much went wrong this year for them to come out the West? No, I would say, like, so I have them losing in the second round. I do have them beating Sacramento, but I wouldn't be shocked if they came out of the West. Here's what I'll say is they wouldn't have a shot if they were in the Eastern Conference. They're going to benefit from being in the easier conference. So they have a shot when you have Steph Curry, when you're fully healthy for maybe the first time all year. If you want to count Wiggins as healthy, we'll give an opportunity to see what he looks like after not playing here for a couple of months. But they have a shot, but I think it has more to do with two things. One, you have Steph Curry, and then two, you're playing in a very weak conference. Do you think your radio show would be able to recover if, like, after one of the shows, Eddie Johnson just punched you in the face like Draymond did to Jordan Poole? Uh, Eddie and I hate each other more than Jordan Poole, and I'm sure Draymond do right now. So it doesn't <laughs> even take a punch. And Eddie did deck me, oddly enough. Uh, it came out in, in San Francisco one time when we were covering an NBA final. So, uh, yes, Eddie did put me down on the ground at one point. And you guys are still hosting the show and having tremendous success. So maybe there is uh, optimism if you're a Warriors fan. Justin Termini, I really appreciate talking to you. You always bring it. We'll have to do this again. Uh, we have to do this again soon sometime, my man. Really appreciate it. 
Yeah, Ty, anytime. I, I love to chat with you. All right, enjoy the games. Later, man. That was Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA radio host the show with Eddie Johnson. I'm shocked he had uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle on his all-NBA teams. Typically, you don't get that with a 47 win. It's hard to get two guys all-NBA uh, but you show, showing the Knicks some love, and deservedly so. Brunson has been awesome, one of the best free agent signs uh, I can remember. I know Kendrick Perkins uh, had some fun with it. You know, was calling him. Was it Perkins or Garnett? So one of the, a former Celtics said it was one of the best acquisitions ever. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but he's been tremendous. And then Julius Randle, hopefully he can come back. And be effective in this series. Still talking Knicks and Cavs. You hop on the line. You want to talk Yankees. They won uh, six to one over the Twins. Dropped the first two games of this series against Minnesota. Minnesota team actually playing pretty well. Playing pretty well. Might win that AL Central division. So if you want to talk Yankees, hop on the line. 800-919-3776. The Mets are in action right now. I want to give you a uh, quick score update on the Mets, who are in the midst of a ten-game West Coast trip right now, playing in O. Oakland. They won last night 17 to 6, but in the bottom of the third inning out in Oakland, they are trailing two to nothing. So we'll keep you posted on that game. 800 919 3776 We are rolling until 530 right here on 987 ESPN. Aaron Judge. Yeah, it struggled to some degree, which you would expect. It's gonna take him some time to get acclimated. And you know, it was a it was a a quick leap going from where he was just at the end of last year to to becoming the opening day shortstop of the New York Yankees. So give him some time, patience, and the Yankees can afford to do it because while they are a team contending and it's tough to you know nurture someone that young at an important position like that while you're contending, you've got enough firepower in that lineup where you, you can get it done. Uh, so last night, he, he hits the home run. Great moment. Uh, Marvin Castillo was was the, the guy who caught the ball in section 136 in left center. And he, he, I was reading a story on the New York Post. He had just told his wife, who was with at the game, how he had been going to games for 25 years and never caught a home run ball. And bam, it landed right in his lap. Had to fight for it. So he was able to get autographs. Got some photos with Volpe. Uh, went for a clubhouse tour, got tickets to a future game, and, and at said game he'll have the opportunity to watch batting practice. But I'm saying, listen, man, if I'm if I'm Mr. Marvin Castillo, I want more than that. I need some playoff tickets. I'm trying to sit in a legend suite. You got to take me out to the West Coast trip. Uh, we we need a little bit more than just tickets to a game and you know photos. <laughs> I get his Anthony Volpe's moment, and I'm not gonna hold on to the ball. Because that just, yeah, I mean, he, he can sell the ball for a ton of money. But I don't know. It's You're a Yankee fan. This is one of the, or you hope becomes one of the faces of the team. You want him to get the ball back. But just tickets and, and pictures and a clubhouse tour? No, nah, I need to sit in the legend seats. Uh, I need a little bit more than that. Is that is that too greedy, Harvey? What, what would you ask for if you were at Yankee Stadium last night and you caught that home run ball? I would say, hey, I need at least 15 bucks to help my guy Ty Butler pay for some parking <laughs> on the street. <laughs> right, I got it. So I just had to, if you were listening to the Termini interview, you heard my alarm going off while we were on the air, and that was because it was a reminder to, to tell me I got to fill the meter. So it's going to end up being like $14 I spent just to park on the street for for three hours, which is an absolute disgrace in in, in New York City. $14 to park for, for three hours. So, yes, that would have factored into it. I appreciate that, Harvey. You would ask for a couple dollars so I could help park. Anything else you want? Uh, is that too much to ask? Legend Suite tickets? 
The Legend Suites, I mean, I've, I've been in there a couple of times. It's really nice. That's too much to ask, you think? Um, Playoff tickets? I mean, a little bit. I mean, how about the the Judge Burger to start? Pennies I want super rare. I want to meet. I want to meet Boone. I want to meet Cashman. I want to meet Hal Steinbrenner. Let's see how. Let's see how far we could go with this. Like yeah. Jay Z said, I want to see how far I could go. How you already know. Let's let's see how much more we can get. Playoff tickets. Maybe tickets to next year's opener. Can I have season tickets to the, to the home openers for the next five years? All in the Legend Suite. That's too much. And I gotta get. I gotta be at game one of every playoff series the next ten years. What if you just make up a number, like any number, like I don't know, sixty-four, and say, "Hey, I want that number on Monument Park. Can I have that?" Oh, can I have my number retired in Monument Monument Park? I like. I like where your head's at. But that I I think that's the direction we go in. We we go season opener the next five years. I want playoff tickets the next ten years. I can do the pictures and the autographs. You'll get the ball back. But we were sitting in the Legend Suites. I've got to take at least one West Coast trip. And then, you know, that's where the negotiations start. Also, uh, going back to basketball. So uh, the Dallas Mavericks, it was announced yesterday, were fined $750,000 by the NBA for, quote, conduct detrimental to the league after an investigation into the franchise's decision to sit several key players for the April 7th loss that eliminated them from the play-in game. So we know in that game against the Bulls, no Kyrie, no Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, no Maxi Kleber. Christian Wood sat as well. Josh Green and Luka played uh, the first quarter and then a couple seconds into the second quarter. No one liked it, and they shouldn't have. Was it the right move? Yes, it was absolutely the right move for Dallas. You're not going anywhere, and you want to prioritize having a, a top 10 pick, a lottery pick, which, by the way, I did the little lottery simulator today, and I did it like seven times, and three of the times Dallas got the number one overall pick. So could you imagine they end up with Victor Wimbayami? Uh, but neither here nor there. It was the right move to, to for the Mavs. Should not have been as overt about it, because just from a business standpoint, uh, it, it's terrible for the league. It, it does sully the integrity of the game. Uh, I I think, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. It's disgraceful the way it was handled, and I don't love it that a team that is still technically in contention for a playing spot is resting all of their best players, prioritizing the draft. It's just a bad look for the league. But if you're the owner of the team, if you're the GM, then yes, that's in the best interest of the team. The Mavs are going nowhere. And by the way, for everyone who said, they, they threw away a playing spot. No, they didn't. They still needed help. The Mavs did not control their own destiny. They needed Oklahoma City to lose that game on Sunday against Memphis, a Memphis team that was already locked into the number two seed. They were not going to be playing any of their starters, and, and Oklahoma City went on to win that game. So regardless, the Mavs weren't making the play-in because they were just bad all season long. Not all season long. They were the four seed, but since they got Kyrie, they became a bad team. Uh, so so I, I just— Need to understand, if you're the NBA, what was there to investigate? We knew what they were doing. We heard Jason Kidd say it was an organizational decision. What was there to investigate? The problem is you've, you've had teams, the Mavs tanked one game. You've had teams tanking for years. Look at Oklahoma City, tanked for years. Look at Philly, tanked for years. The the, the Jazz, on, on that Friday night uh, against the Lakers, a game the Lakers really needed to win, they sat all their, their guys. 
because they they're looking ahead to the off season. So we see this happen often. Is it as you know obvious? Is it as overt as what Dallas did? No, but I just I I never understood the idea of taking their pick away. This isn't the NFL where you're locked into a slot like you have the tenth worst record, so you're number ten. It's a lottery. So the Mavs are trying their best to increase the odds of them being locked into the top 10. So I guess now they have an 80% chance to keep it, 20% chance to get out of the top 10. If anything, you find if, if, if at all possible, you don't take the pick away, you just lessen the odds of them keeping the, the top 10. Maybe instead of it being 80, you significantly decrease it to like 50 or, or find some way to do it. I know it, it'll get a little wonky because the other teams, that it's predicated on everyone else being distributed, you know, a, a certain number of odds. But I just never, I, I never saw why you would take, uh, completely take that, that pick away. Never saw it. Um, we've got 30 minutes to play with. Leading into Knicks-Cavs game one of the first round of this playoff series. Everyone's excited. We'll talk about it coming up right here on 9870 ESPN. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. For the Knicks, as they are in Cleveland to take on the Cavs, the storylines write themselves. If you lose this series, it is very disappointing for it to have that happen at the hands of a guy you should have traded for in Donovan Mitchell. And don't give me, well, they were asking for too much. It would have depleted our roster. Donovan Mitchell is going to get some MVP votes. He's going to get some MVP votes. He's going to get some MVP love this year. He's having a career season when it comes to points. His three-point percentage, his two-point percentage, his free-throw percentage. And he's been the best player on the fourth seed right now who is standing in your way as far as getting to the second. Round. So that is going to put a stain on the season. Is it going to ultimately ruin it? No, because you didn't have the expectations of getting, you know, to this point where your fan base can dream about getting to the second round and 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 rightfully so because of the seasons you had from your two best players in Randall and, and Brunson. But it would be disappointing if if Donovan Mitchell goes nuts and knocks you out of the playoffs. We are putting an APB out on one R.J. Barrett because all season long we've been looking for him. And don't give me the average 20 points. You watch that guy and you tell me he's a difference maker, the answer is no. There is no way I can stomach not dealing you for RJ, uh, for Donovan Mitchell and on top of that giving you a $100 million extension and then watch you struggle throughout the season to the point where your coach at many times benched you late in fourth quarters in crunch time when we could have used you. Watch that happen, and then we get to the playoffs and you stink it up again. To me, that is a point of no return. I think he can help erase a lot of what's happened through these first four years where the expectations were high for a guy drafted number three overall if he has a big series and helps the Knicks get to the second round and pass this team. But if he struggles and you've got Donovan Mitchell lighting uh, lighting it up, that is a nightmare scenario for the Knicks. So R.J. Barrett, stand up and, and show why this team was right for having the faith in you not to trade you and to give you the big contract. But this is a series to me, uh, like most series, that's one with star power. And the reason why I've got Cavs in five is because, A, the Knicks' best player or second best player, if you want to you know, be conservative about it, Julius Randle is an injury question. 
Uh, this guy missed the last five games of the regular season. He didn't have full contact practice on Wednesday or Thursday. The report was he was going to be a game-time decision, work out and warm up before the game, and then we were going to see what happened. That doesn't sound to me like a guy who I trust is going to be uh, close to 100%. And if he's compromised, it spells trouble for them because he is a big part of what they do. And I get that Nick fans want to hang on him being a ball stopper on offense and you know not being one who buys into ball movement because it's the rock sticks with him. But when you've got a guy giving you 25, 10, and 4, and you remove that from the lineup or to some degree you neutralize it because he's compromised, then that's going to favor the better team. And I don't know that anyone is arguing Cleveland's the better team because that's what they were in the regular season. They're the better team. So Randall doesn't just give you production offensively, but rebounding, 10 rebounds a game, that's huge. Defensively, it's not like, you know, he's not Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, he's not Evan Mobley, but he is a guy who, compared to what you have on the front line outside of Mitchell Robinson, he's a force. So you replace him, and now you've got Josh Hart undersized for taking his minutes, or Obi Toppin, who doesn't play a lick of defense. Chantel can give you a better defensive performance than Obi Toppin. If you have that going for you, that's going to hurt you against a really good Cavs offense that can light it up. And they've got the number one defense, which is why I think because of the you know that that the star power they have, they got four of the six best players in the series, including the best player in Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they've got the number one defense. They've got home court. Show love to J.B. Bickerstaff, by the way, their head coach, who when he got this team, there were 22 wins, and then back-to-back years, 44 wins, 50, 51 wins, and now the favorites to win a playoff series. I, I, I just think that Donovan Mitchell, who is going to take this matchup seriously, remember, Brunson locked him out of the playoffs last year. He He sent him home and ended his tenure in Utah. It was Jalen Brunson last year who lit Utah up in that first round, sent him home. And the Knicks could have traded for Donovan Mitchell and elected not to because the asking price was quote-unquote too high. I think he has something to prove in this series, and he's going to take it personally. I am going to show them that they made a mistake and that this is a mistake that's going to haunt them for the next decade or so. So I've got the Cavs winning this series in five. Call up if you feel differently, 800-919-3776. Earlier today, we saw the Nets... Get it handed to them in the second half. Competitive in the first half. James Harden had a little bit of a run to end the first half, hitting three three-pointers that gave them a nine-point lead uh, in going into the locker room. Mikel Bridges did all he could, putting up 30 uh, to go along with five rebounds, but it was just too much of Joel Embiid, who saw a lot of double teams but made the right move. He wasn't going to force it. When the Nets brought single coverage, he was attacking, which led to him going to the free throw line 11 times and nailing all 11 free throws. And when they were sending the double team, he kicked it out to his shooters, and they rewarded him with 21 threes on 48% shooting. So they won the math game, and that was their best players playing well, plus the three-point shooters hitting at a higher clip. And the Sixers take a 1-0 series lead in that best of seven. I think Philly is going to win in five, and the Nets will get one of the games at home in, in Barclays Center, games three for the Celtics right now. I picked them to win this series over the Hawks in six, and they now are up 30 in the third quarter. Atlanta doesn't look like they belong on the same floor as Boston. Listen, the the thought process is teams 
who are in the plan so benefit a little bit in game one because they're in rhythm, whereas the guys resting were you know were not playing basketball or competitive basketball for a week. It's not looking that way right here in Boston. Boston's all over Atlanta. What a disappointing season. This is one of the dis- most disappointing teams in all of basketball were the Hawks, but they're getting embarrassed right now, down 30. I've got the Bucks over the Heat in five games. Giannis is probably going to finish somewhere like third in the MVP voting. Uh, but don't get it twisted. This this guy, he can definitely win the Bucks a championship. He, I know they were bounced in the second round last year, losing Game 7 at home, but no Middleton was the reason why. Now Giannis averaged damn near 32 points in the playoffs last year, and I think if Chris Middleton stays healthy, uh, they win the championship. Uh, not easily, but they, they win the championship, and Giannis gets number two. Nuggets, I, I, they'll beat the Wolves in six games. Jokic has to make a deep playoff run to... To justify, it sounds weird, a regular season award, but justify uh, being the back-to-back MVP. He's not going to win it this year, but uh, could you imagine Jokic had won three straight MVPs, becoming the first since Bird to do it, and then never getting to an NBA Finals uh, in, in the midst of winning three MVPs? The Suns! They'll win in five games over the Clippers. It'll be interesting to see uh, what it does for Durant's legacy. Uh, he who is, who is 25 and 2 in his last 27 games. That includes his tenure with the Nets. Uh, what it does for his legacy if the Suns do get the championship. Because I don't know that anyone was picking Phoenix to come out the West or do anything significant before he got there. And now they're the favorites to come out the West now that he is playing for them. So uh, I've got the Suns winning that series in five. Lakers over Grizzlies in six. This is important for LeBron and Anthony Davis. A lot of pressure. Uh, they they've won they had one year where they won a playoff series and that was 2020 when they won a championship obviously, outside of that LeBron hasn't won a playoff series in a Laker uniform, and we don't know going forward if they're going to be healthy enough. Uh, they're going to enter the playoffs healthy again because that's that's a big question for LeBron and Anthony Davis that the health concerns the Warriors uh, I got them beating the Kings in six games. I came across this stat, and it's it's one it's one of those stats that you know, but then you hear it, and you're just like, wow. The Warriors have won 18 consecutive playoff series in the West. Now, factored into that was that they didn't make the playoffs at all in 2020 and 2021, but in years they made the playoffs, 18 straight playoff series. Haven't lost a playoff series since 2014. They had a, a woeful regular season where they were a mediocre defense. Uh, which paled in comparison to last year where they were the number two defense. And, and this year they just couldn't win on the road, could not win on the road. They they had 11 wins on the road. The only teams with fewer road wins uh, were Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit with eight, 11 road wins for the defending champions. So we'll see how much that, that punch thrown by Draymond Green is going to affect them uh, because that'll be a story if this dynasty comes to an end and, and the Warriors don't find a way to get a championship uh, with, with Clay Thompson looking as good as he did this year. Uh, Steph Curry was awesome. Uh, you know, injuries notwithstanding, played in, what, 55 games, but he was tremendous. Uh, I disagree with Justin Termini for not including him on All-NBA. He was definitely an All-NBA player this year. But uh, those are my series predictions, 800-919-3776. When we get back, we wrap with your phone calls leading into Game 1 between the Knicks and the Cavs. How you feeling, Knicks fans? Call me up. Let's get your prediction. Who are you looking for uh, to, to make an impact in this series? Who's the third most important player? Because Brunton and Randall are the most important players, one and two. Who's the third most important player? Is it Quickly? Is it Grimes? Is it Mitchell Robinson? I'll tell you, if it's R.J. Barrett, then... <laughs> 
That might mean trouble for you. 800-919-3776. We're going until 530 right here on 9870 ESPN.